how do you as an entrepreneur grow your business and be in three places at once and be a mom? You know, like it seemed like an impossible scenario to me. Let's be honest about how challenging it can be to find balance and keep it all together as working moms. Join me on my quest for inspiration as I meet the mom bosses who are raising babies, breaking barriers, and making power moves in their careers. I'm Monica Platek, and this is the Mom Boss Podcast. Oh, hey, this is episode four. I think we're finally onto something here. Now, today's guest, Lindsay Kent, is an electric blonde. That's the best way to describe her. And it's also the name of her band. She's a mom to a three-year-old boy with another boy on the way. And she manages her own company called Love by Lindsay. Probably the most creative wedding and event planning company I've ever seen. She also hosts a TV show. You know, just in all that free time she has. Now, if you've been waiting for someone to give you motherhood unfiltered, this is it. So thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me on the Mom Boss Podcast. It is a pretty new venture, and you really are one of those moms that I don't know personally, but just kind of seeing you out on your social networks, seeing you performing with your band and also the business you're running, I'm so inspired by you. Thank you. I can also see a baby bump. Yes. That is growing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So tell me, start off (laughs) by just telling me about your family. Sure. So I have, so I'm married to a wonderful man named Andrew and we've been together for 12, almost 13 years. Um, And we have a two and a half year old son. It's more than two and a half. His name's Archie. He'll be three next month, actually. So <laughs> he's almost three. It's easy to lose track, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been saying he's two and a half for like months now. And then I'm like, nope, he's basically three. Um, and then I have a baby boy on the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Exciting. Yeah. Um, so tell me about where we are sitting right now. Right now we're in my office um, slash studio, and this is where we plan and craft and create for our weddings and our corporate events and um, social parties and that kind of stuff. We also create content here in the studio. Um, my staff are in today, and um, they're crafting all around us. They really is- are. I just said when I walked in, it was like Pinterest come to life, but better. <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, it's so artsy and craftsy, and things are really being made and crafted right before our eyes. So if you do yeah. hear some scissors being snipped in the background, that's actually what you're hearing. It's actually happening. It's though. not a sound effect. Exactly. <laughs> this is real life for you. And the ladies in the room were saying they're pretty much used to this. What a yeah. beautiful creative space to be surrounded by. Tell me more about your business, Love by Lindsay. So with Love by Lindsay, we design and plan weddings, corporate events, social events, um, and we also create content for online use. So um articles for blogs, DIYs, um, content for Instagram, that kind of stuff. Um, So it's a a very creative space for us. But also, I like to say that uh, we give equal focus to being really creative and making sure that the design aspects are there, but also to logistics and making sure that our events flow um, exactly how they should and are executed flawlessly. So those two things are equally important to me. I'm so curious about how you got to this place. Tell me a little bit about your background. I really started as a performer and um, 
so I grew up as a vocalist, um, basically performing professionally since I was 16 years old. And that just kind of organically led me into the events world. Um, so I was, um, you know, performing at weddings and resorts and corporate events, like basically from a teenager onward. And I sort of just started finding myself in these situations where I kind of became an expert on how events should run. And um, I had an innate sense of how to make them run better. Um, and people began approaching me and asking me to just basically coordinate. So I was working on a lot of entertainment coordination um, and event coordination. And I knew that I wanted to eventually work for myself, but I didn't really quite know how. Um, and then for a while, I also pursued original music and was touring with different bands and touring my own music. And um, so there was just sort of this like weird moment in my life where I didn't really have like a clear direction, but it was all just very creative and um, circled around events. And then when I uh, began planning my own wedding that year, I was helping a couple other people plan theirs as well. Um, just and that a really was, good friend. Yeah, just like a good friend. Um, well, that was a good friend and I was being a good friend. You were being a good friend. Um, and then that just kind of launched like a really clear direction for me. And I um, found through kind of knowing that you were planning your own wedding and having all these ideas for everybody else. Yeah. And it just was like, I, it was like I was sort of working um, in events at the time, but they weren't super creative. And I sort of found this space where I could be really creative, but also very organized and, um, sort of merge those two talents. And, um, I found a direction that way. And from there, that's sort of how Love by Lindsay began. Um, and while I was, you know, working towards taking the leap to being fully self-employed, I worked for some other amazing event companies and bridal companies and gained a lot of experience that way and um, really studied people that I admired and uh, had a wonderful mentor at one of my past positions. And so that's how, you know, I sort of learned. And then eventually I took the leap and went completely solo. How, when was that? Like, how long ago was that? Um, I would say at some point between 2012 and 2013. So not that long ago. I mean, really, I'm quite fortunate that the growth of our business has happened um, strongly and steadily since then. And you had a baby along the way. I did. Yeah. yeah. So uh, tell me about how that happened. I mean, I know it just kind of well, we all know happens, how it happens. Hey? <laughs> um, no, but... walk, can you walk me through it? <laughs> I I'm still trying to figure it out. No. That's not this kind of podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so my husband and I ha had been together for a long time at that point, and um, I never really 100% knew if I wanted kids. I thought maybe I did, but I wasn't really fully sure. And then I got pregnant, and so then I was going to have a baby. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Um, and so um, I was really freaked out when I got pregnant. I wasn't 100% sure if I was like happy about it. It was a scary process for me because my business was growing and I was running, I am running two businesses now and I was running two businesses then. And, um, especially with like the band side of the business, like appearance and, um, looks and all that kind of stuff has always had, like, unfortunately has been, um, an important part of my job and looking a certain way. And so all of that freaked me out, like being a mom, 
um, getting pregnant, which at the time I considered to be getting fat, um, uh, you know, like, would I have time to run a business? I was very career oriented. I still am. And so I just didn't really know how I was going to navigate the process. And I think like a lot of it was very, it made me really question like my identity and I sort of rejected it. Like I really, like, I'm really honest about this. Like when I first was pregnant and when I first had Archie, I like really rejected the idea of motherhood. I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm so happy to hear you say that, but I find it um, almost like it allows me to feel that way too, because I was in sports and I was in media and I was right. in front of cameras. And so even the day after I got engaged, I remember one of my bosses at the time was just jokingly, but not so much jokingly. It was like, but did your boyfriend ask me for permission? And so coming from an industry where for the most part, it felt really great so, to be a woman so and I felt very strong being a woman in sports there. It felt very scary finding out I was going to be a mom in sports because I didn't know how the industry would take me. So I, I'm sure yeah. it's the same kind of way you were feeling about being on stage and being in front of audiences, right? Yeah, like at, like at the time I was like, do do people want to watch a pregnant woman sing on stage? I don't know. So how did you... And also not even just that, but like how do you, like how do you as an entrepreneur grow your business and be in three places at once and be a mom? You know, like it seemed like an impossible scenario to me. So then how? How has it all well, kind of unfolded for it, you? I don't highly recommend. <laughs> I think I made a lot of mistakes. I think like right out of the gate, like I said, I sort of rejected the idea of motherhood. And like, I don't think I was a bad mom, but I, I don't think like I necessarily accepted that I was a mom. <laughs> um, so I didn't, I didn't seek support from other moms. Um, I think I really isolated myself in the beginning. Um by, you know, like hurling myself back into work because, you know, I just had this idea that I was like superhuman. I was on stage two weeks after I gave birth. Wow. And I had to leave the gig because I was still bleeding. Like yeah. that's, it's so stupid. Like when I think back to it, but, um, it's what I thought I had to do in order to like maintain respect from my peers and, as a boss and as a band leader and as, you know, which like now I fully look back and I see with hindsight um, that it's not like what I should have done, but it's like, uh, it's what you thought at the yeah, time. And nobody could tell me any different. Like right. nobody could tell me you need to take time off. You should do this. You should do that. And if they did say, I hate the word should, because if they did say what I should do, I wouldn't have listened. Right. Like, I'm just always the kind of person that's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll do it my way. Like, when my friend said, well, you should join a mom group. No way. Mom groups are lame. Peace out. You know, I'm not going to join a mom group. That's so lame. I can tell you when I finally decided to join a mom group, like when my son was like uh, 18 months old, it like actually like saved my life and my mental health. But like it took me 18 months to get to the point where I realized that like what I was doing wasn't working. You had to decide on your own. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, in terms of what I did right after Archie was born, I went back to work immediately. When he slept, I worked. When he went to bed at night, I worked until 2 a.m. until he woke up. Um, uh, my amazing husband 
came to every single event and gig with me all summer long in between band sets. I would breastfeed or pump. Um, when we were doing weddings at that point, I did have like a small staff. So I did have some support on the event planning side of things, but um, on the band side of things, like I would get on stage, I'd sing for an hour, I'd get off stage, I'd find a place to pump, or I would literally breastfeed my baby who was like sitting in a room the size of a closet with my husband. It was ridiculous, but that's how we made it work for a good four months. And then I also in the did busiest time for like, the band. Yeah, kind of it was the busiest time of year. Archie was born in July, so wedding season technically goes until the end of October. And then I did something even smarter, and I agreed to film a television show that I would host, which started filming in October or November. So that was nuts. Like basically, it was two or three months of straight filming, and we would go to the set that we were filming at for the day and Archie would come with and I would have a caretaker with me. So like either my dad, my mom, my aunt, my sisters, um, Andrew some days would come for the whole day. And like, I would film a segment and then I would breastfeed and then I'd film a segment and then I would breastfeed. Wow. Um, yeah. So like, I think, I think I was, certifiably insane for at least seven months what were you doing to have have energy or or come across like you had energy when you were on stage because you must have been exhausted you must have been sleeping short nights yeah you know putting, know putting makeup on doing your hair slapping on an outfit and performing for all these people I don't know I don't really know I don't think I was doing anything I mean honestly I think like I'm really lucky that I have the husband that I do because one thing I should say is in order to help this situation, he did take two months paternity right after Archie was born. So we were together like the entire time. It's not like I was by myself um, and he was off work. So thank God for modern men. Um, um, but other than that, like I didn't really, I don't really think I did anything different. So you didn't really have a mat leave. No, I didn't what take I'm a hearing. mat leave at all. No. You were the opposite of mat leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, instead of taking mat leave, I like agreed to do a TV show. What's wrong? You're with like, me? give me more know. work. Yeah. I, think, I want No, more. I honestly did. Like, I honestly look back at my schedule at that time and I overcompensated. Like I was so worried that I wouldn't be able to do my job and like be what I needed to be that I took on even more. That's an interesting approach. It really is. Interesting is one word for it. <laughs> Living it, I'm sure. There's There are a few other words for it. But no, it is. It's an interesting approach because in Canada, you know, women are lucky enough to have the one year or options with a paternity leave on the man's side. And, you know, in, in the States, right beside us, our neighbors, they only get three months, if not less. So you took less <laughs> yep. and continued doing your businesses. I have to ask you, you know, what what was one of the biggest challenges to coming back and and in terms of your business continuing to work and answer emails and get to clients when you had such a young baby um i would say like the exhaustion was pretty hard i think my biggest challenge was that like after i had archie i fully developed postpartum anxiety and postpartum ocd so i think like the biggest struggle for me was I really struggle with like linear thought. 
Um, so I just kind of felt like crazy. Were you worried more about things? Like maybe because you had so many thoughts in your head at a time? Yeah, I was so anxious. I was so worried about everything. And I think it just, I, so I think that that was like my biggest challenge, just sort of feeling like I was sort of spinning out of control and, but just trying to be the person that kept everything in control at the same time. So, um, and it was really hard for me to eventually figure out and see that that was going on, um, which I eventually did, which is thank goodness for that. Um, How long did that take for you to come to terms with there was more that was going on than just I would probably say until uh, I would probably say uh, like I started to figure it out around nine months but then between nine months and 18 months uh, that was really rough for me when he weaned off breastfeeding um, the postpartum anxiety uh, issues became worse mm -hmm. um, so between nine months and 18 months was a really difficult time but um, I, it was also the time where I felt like I, I was aware enough of what was happening and my schedule was a little bit less insane that I could start to talk about it, see a therapist, get support, go to a mom group. Like I just started making much healthier decisions for myself as I saw how unhealthy like my lifestyle was and what kind of mom it was making me. Like I wasn't pleased to be the kind of mom that I was. And, and I think like, it just took me a little longer to sort of integrate motherhood into my life and accept it as a new role that I, I might really enjoy. Um, and once I started to, to sort of like enjoy bits of motherhood, then I was like, Oh, this is actually not so bad, you know, and, and made it, made it a priority to, um, Take care of myself, I guess. I have been to some mom events, which is kind of new to me too. I did the mom group thing kind of early on because I'm a suburban mama. So cool. it uh, we don't have like the bustling city around. Right. So you actually tend to head to like where the moms are yeah. <laughs> in the little recreation rooms and at the parks. But mom events are a little bit newer to me. And I attended one recently and there was a, a mental health uh, expert on the panel. And she talked so much about self-care. And I will tell you that I am terrible at reminding myself that I need to make time for myself. I don't even think I have made much thought around self-care since I've had a child. You must have been so busy. And it sounds like you were for the first year, yeah. 18 months, still going. <laughs> yeah. What does it mean to you? What does self-care mean to you? Um, well, since that point, like since I've sort of experienced that turning point, it's hugely important to me. And it's so important to me that I've integrated it in multiple ways in my life and also integrated it into my business. Um, because I want to be, I think that the way I was living before was actually a bad example for my staff, mother or not. Like, I was living to burn out like every year, um, which is not sustainable for this industry, considering that year event season is just like so full on. So um, yeah, there is no, it feels like it never really ends. Right. I mean, like, it does like there's yeah. like this one three month lull usually, but it's like when you're, when you're working to burn out every time, it's like so much harder to get it back. So for me, self-care is just all about finding ways to truly disconnect from your work. Um, and now there are days where I do not check my email for a 24 hour periods of time. 
um, I split my time into um, what I call focus, buffer, and free days, which are essentially is something I've learned through um, a coaching and consulting program that I that I do. What does that mean? Um, so a free day is a 24-hour period where I do not touch work whatsoever. No emails, no texts, no nothing, no conversation that has to do with work. Uh, a focus day is um, a day where I am um, doing the tasks that are 100% only something I can do for 80% of the day. Um, and then a buffer day is sort of any day in between where I'm either preparing for a focus day or preparing for a free day. Interesting. Um, and so that's sort of how like my schedule is laid out now. And, um, you know, on free days, I do anything from like going out with my family to errands, like where, like where does just yeah, like, doing well, stuff fit into that a buffer day? That's also totally that's like groceries and life but but free days are supposed to be days where like you recharge yourself you recharge your creative battery um and so you know I do things like hanging out with my family or I go for a massage or I read a book or I see a movie or I go for a walk or um I go shopping with my girlfriends like just anything that I want to do that has nothing to do with like my um productivity or my output as a business person or business owner um, that just fuels me as like me. And then you talked about how that often involves family time. And I was just going to ask you about, you know, that the struggle we all experience, I think nowadays of just being present, Yeah. you know, and it, it feels more and more as, as your baby grows up, turns into a toddler, they can almost notice more and more when oh, you're yeah. not present. Yeah. So what are your tricks to just being in the moment? Um, when, so like my typical day, my typical work day is like usually nine to about five. And then I go and pick up Archie. And basically from about 530 until 730, um, I make a huge effort to not look at my phone. Um, so when I pick him up, we play, we make dinner, we do bath, bed and story time. And then after that, I give myself some time to uh, look at my phone again. And I just think it's been very helpful for me to start creating boundaries around when I'm on my phone, when I'm on my computer, when I'm looking at a screen, uh, um, and when I'm with my child, because that's really the thing that sort of like pulls me away from being present. Um, you know, even reading an email that pisses me off can take me out of the moment with my kid. Of course. Kind of steal that joy, which is again, why those like 24 hour free days have become, uh, wildly important to me because it's like, I can't even look at my email on those days. So nothing can piss me off to take me out of the phone. You know what I mean? Brilliant. Yes, yeah. of course I know what you mean. You get an email yeah. from like the, the person that kind of can get under your skin or there's something about it or like a task you're working on that is just irritating or annoying. And yeah, and suddenly you're like losing your temper at your and toddler like, and it shouldn't fair. happen. Right? It's not fair. Like they didn't do anything and they don't, they don't understand that you have a job and that you have clients and you know, but there's another thing that I'll say about being present that I have kind of argued to make moms feel less bad about being, not being present. Yeah. Because give it to me. here's the thing. When I was, um, a mom to Archie in that one year to 18 month period, there were times when I would, you know, be with him and I was so fucking bored. Like I was bored as shit. Like sometimes like a baby lying on its back who can't do anything except like eat, sleep and like 
crap in their diaper. Like it's really boring. So to be present constantly through that time, do you know how much pressure you're putting on yourself? Like if I'm bored as shit, obviously I'm going to be thinking about other things because the bottom line is, is that sometimes an infant who can't do anything is not very stimulating. And it, and it's also a little bit harder to connect with a tiny human when, yeah, like when, when they aren't interactive. Yeah. And so I think like there's a lot of talk around being present. And I think it's one thing when you're talking about being like digitally distracted, but it's a whole nother thing when you're like forcing moms to feel like they need to be present a hundred percent of the time right. when that's not fair to put that much pressure on yourself when it's not sometimes always incredibly stimulating. Or you don't have, I mean, I think the, the expectation that you have to enjoy every second, maybe like, yeah, that's no. what you're saying, yeah, you exactly. know, like it's sometimes it's boring and tedious. And like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't the kind of person who always dreamed about being a mom and doing domestic things. And a lot of women are like that. No, but I was, the, so I, I can relate yeah. to you in that because I first off didn't think I'd ever get married. Right. And then my mom also was very worried. <laughs> she was like, I, but I loved him. Why'd you break up with him? I'm like, ah, you know, and then I found my husband and he's just my, my bestest friend in the whole wide world. And I want to be friends with him forever. Never mind, like married to him forever. So that happened. And then I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't identify with moms and I didn't to my friends I would say I can never envision myself being a mommy blogger and like all these things because I didn't really see myself in that lifestyle yeah so I get you that's and then it just kind of happened right yeah and you can't just like expect to change overnight like you can't um you know a lot of people say like you fall in love with your baby the minute it comes out of you I'm like well, that didn't happen for me, man. They put this weird, like gray slimy thing on my stomach. And I was supposed, what was I supposed to feel? I felt in shock. I was like, what the f just happened to me? You know, yeah. like I wasn't like, I'm in love. And that's okay too. Like, I think that's totally fine. Like it's a totally normal reaction. Do you, do you know my problem with it is the fact that this viewpoint isn't out there as much as the other one, which is like, yeah. oh, I, I fell in love with the second I saw them, and I love every because single it's not second very romantic. of Matt leave and like all of that. You but know? that's also good. Like if yeah. that's you, like that's amazing. Like, right. I have some exactly. But I think it's understanding that people have different experiences. Totally. You know, and just because you don't identify with the way that you may think you're supposed to be as a mom, doesn't mean you can't be a mom one day and be a great mom one day. I completely agree. And one of the things that I'll say about um, joining my mom group was that, um, I was really fortunate in that with my mom group, like I had a lot of really cool down to earth, successful women who had varying experience of early motherhood. And there were some women who were like, I love Matt Lee. This is the best moment of my life. I love my kid. The moment he exited my vagina. And like, there were others who were like, what am I doing? I hate my life. Uh, mostly me. And then, like, <laughs> and then just kind of like bridging the gap between all of those experiences. And what I finally learned was when I spoke to other moms who had different experiences than me, I was able to see different perspectives and actually start to appreciate the experience of motherhood in a different way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, in short, what I'm saying is like, don't put yourself in a bubble or a box. Nice. <laughs> no, it's true. I have to go back to your band though, because sure. you touched on it, but it's kind of a big thing. <laughs> it's a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about. Uh, yeah. So um, I run a band called Electric Blonde for which I sing lead. Amazing name. Um, oh, thanks. Such a good band name. 
Thank you. Um, <laughs> and we are an eight-piece band, me and seven other dudes. Uh, we have an amazing band coordinator as well. Her, her name's Mackenzie, so she's like an honorary band member. Um, and um, how long has it been around for? Since 2009. Oh, nice. Um, a long time. Really long. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've been singing forever. And some of the musicians in my band I've been playing for with for well over 10, 12 years. Um and I consider a lot of them to be my very best, closest friends. Um, yeah. And tell me about what you do now. Like, how has the band evolved over the years? Well, I, I don't pursue original music anymore. Um, so now we mostly just play weddings, corporate events, social events. Um, and that's the main focus for me. Singing is actually one of those things that's just like, I, I'm very passionate about it because it's just fun. Like, I just love to sing. Um, and so that's why I never give it up. People are often like, well, why do you still do the band? I'm like, because that's what I want to do on my weekend. Like, that's fun for me. I want to get on stage and sing and want to play music with my best friends. It's really fun. Um, what was it like being pregnant when you're talking about, you know, realizing you were pregnant, worrying about all these things of being in I was very, very focused on, like, my appearance at the time. Um... I think I still am very focused on my appearance. What woman isn't? I don't know. And I, so I think like it really made me worried about what was going to happen to my body. Would, would that affect my value as a vocalist or as a front woman of a band? Um, and then even aside from that, like the physicality of singing, like uh, last time I was pregnant, I sang up until 37 weeks. Wow. Um, and some days I remember only having to sit down on a stool for one gig because I was really quite tired and I had sciatica, but, um, I, I did, I did okay. However, this time around way harder. Is it way harder? Like, um, I'm only 20 weeks pregnant currently and, um, I'm finding it much harder um physically are you just feeling a little bit more tired and yeah I'm, I'm much gassed. I'm much more tired um like by the end of the day this happened last time too but I don't remember it happening this early my ribs and my sides really start to hurt and like when you're singing obviously you're using your diaphragm you're using breath a lot and you're trying to like dance and look like you're having a good time so it's a lot of movement yeah you're, you're giving it one like all of yourself 100 when you're so on stage. I'm, I'm totally exhausted by the end of it which is um which is okay. One of the most amazing things is that now I'm in a position where um, the band is busy enough that I have been able to hire two more lead singers. Great. So the three of us are splitting the work. Is that new since you've become a mom? Like, were yeah. you the, yes. So is that what you've done to try to yeah. alleviate I mean, the The bottom schedule? line is, is like, as the business grows, I need a bigger team, a more capable team and that's in all aspects of the business. Um, we're also filming a television show right now. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, well, this was kind of an aside, but like, we're, <laughs> sorry, we're on season two of our TV show called crazy, beautiful weddings. And so if I needed to film uh, an episode, obviously, therefore I can't be on stage that night. And so, um, just having that, that extra support of these other two amazing female singers, um, that can sort of step into the lead singer role. It just, it just frees up my schedule a bit, um, for me to sort of a be, in all the places that I need to be, but also be able to take a step back and be like, you know what? I can't do two gigs in a row anymore. Plus two weddings on the weekend. Like I can do one. 
Um, and Have you learned to say no? Oh yeah. Cause a lot of moms say that becoming a mother has kind of helped them. Becoming a mom has helped me uh, to not sweat the small stuff. Like I just don't get stressed out over the same stuff I used to. I also can say no a lot easier. And I also can like put, actually this is surprising, but I feel like becoming a mom has helped me to learn to put myself first sometimes. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Is it because it got to a point where you had put yourself so last? Yeah, I think so. So I learned a, a hard lesson there. You know, I just totally burnt out. And now I know that like, you don't I want that not, to happen again. I am not a good mom. I'm not like the best version uh, mom of myself that I can be if I don't care about myself. You know, yeah. I'm not a good business owner. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good friend. If I am also not good to myself first. What I think has really helped me is that I've learned to create boundaries around the things that I'm doing so that when I'm with my son, he has the full version of me. There she is in all her glory, Lindsay ending us off with some wise words. Now some exciting news, Lindsay and the fam are actually planning to go live in Australia where her husband is from for a few months after her second boy is born. So she'll finally have some time to rest and recharge before she gets back to her busy ways. And she certainly deserves it. It's time to raise it up, mamas. Have a great day and connect with us soon on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MomBossPodcast and at Monica Plattech. Subscribe for more episodes, and if you're feeling really nice, you can leave us a review.